Blog Talk Radio. to end the half, 
And from there, I think the Falcons, you know, lost momentum and basically, you know, didn't even show up in the second half. I think the, all their wins went out of their sails after that play, DG. You're absolutely right, JB. Um, I I don't know. I, I thought that the Falcons would at least, you know, make it a real game for the, the to the end. I thought that the Packers would end up winning by a touchdown or so, but not by four touchdowns, JB. The Packers absolutely got the job done. Aaron Rodgers is going to be tough to beat. Uh, we'll get into our predictions on Thursday, but, uh, you know, needless to say that I believe the Packers are going to uh, well, repeat of what they did to end the season against the Bears. But you, you know what? We have the Bears. In- yes, sir? Give me some props. I said once the Packers, I said the Packers, once they got past the Eagles, would pretty much steamroll into the Super Bowl. And right now Aaron Rodgers is playing the best football of his career. He's probably the best quarterback out of the four that's left, and this team is headed to the Super Bowl, my friend. It seems like that. Um, you know, again, we'll get into that on Thursday. You did pick, for, before the playoffs even started, you did pick the Packers to go all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it's going to be good regardless of what happens with these last four teams. I think the Packers are stronger than the Bears, but again, we'll get into that Thursday. Moving on to the AFC. J, uh, folks, that was just JB's opportunity to gloat. Moving on to the AFC, JB, the Ravens got absolutely hosed against the Steelers. Talk to us about well, that one. Well, the game was the game was really a game of two halves. I mean, uh, the Ravens were pretty much dominating the Steelers the first half, and they went into the locker room up twenty-one to seven, and then like two critical missed, uh, miscues and two critical turnovers in the in the second half really cost the Ravens not only the momentum, but, uh, you know, in actuality the game because uh, Ray Rice, who hasn't fumbled in however many snaps, had an NFL record, fumbled the ball. Steelers were able to capitalize with a touchdown. And basically after that, the next possession for the Ravens, um, Joe Flacco just crumbled. And he, he, he crumbled under the pressure, DG, threw an interception, and from there Pittsburgh scored again. Um, but you'd agree, um, I, I think the officiating was Horrible for this game, really bad. Um, but yeah, again, the Ravens. Yeah, again, the Ravens just um, didn't show up in the second half. And again, you have to play four quarters to win a game. Obviously, in football, Steelers, you know, withstood the twenty-one to seven, overcame it, and were able to beat the Ravens. Yes, sir. Absolutely true. Um, I'm just surprised. You know, I was at Chili's or Applebee's. I forget where I was. I had all Applebee's weekend. I should, I should, uh, you know, plug them. The fact is that, you know, watching this game in bits and pieces, I saw it was competitive. You know, the Steelers are moving the ball, Ravens are moving the ball. But that, you know, I'm watching all the way across from where the TVs are, and I see the, you know, the Ravens score, and I'm thinking, man, you know, they just had this camp. Well, I can't believe it. And I, not being able to hear the, the announcers when I heard later on as I checked into it, I was like, what the heck is this crap? You know, they're calling it back at supposedly Will Allen, you know, fell, threw himself on the ground. And, you know, the, the the bottom line is the Ravens got hosed. Game should have been tied. That should have been a legit touchdown. It wasn't. Um, you know, that Steelers showed up. You know, Big Ben and his uh, and his boys, they got the job done. Ultimately, you know, that's all that matters. They're going to be facing the Jets for the AFC title on, uh, you know, this coming weekend. And, uh, again, I'm itching JB to get into the predictions because I got to say what I, I want to say, what I you know, what's on my mind. But I'll save it. I'll stay for myself. The Steelers got the job done. Bottom line, Ravens are done. Out of here. Ray Lewis, see ya. Go commit another felony. Moving on to the last game, by far the most important game, and in my opinion, the most interesting game, JB, your New York football Jets defeated oh. Tom Brady and his crew. Talk to us, JB. Well, what can you say about this game? I mean, we talked about it on uh, Thursday. It was a David versus Goliath match. I mean, I had you know, framed it that way. But obviously these two teams are pretty equally matched in their uh, personnel. The Jets do have the better players, The you know, and the Jet, and the Patriots, you know, had, at you know, up until the game had the best quarterback on the planet. And just, you know, the Jets basically and Rex Ryan had a great game plan and really took it to the – really took it to Brady and the offense. And, uh, you know, who knew that one little interception in that first quarter, D.G., would have unraveled this great offensive machine. You know, JB, uh, I was watching this game. 
the fact of the matter is that they got the job done. The Jets did what everybody said, well, except for us and, you know, Greenblood and the rest of the Jets fans who called in. You know, they said that the, the Pats were going to do it. The Pats were going to win. The Packers, the Packers, I'm, I'm thinking about the Super Bowl. Uh, the Pats looked so terrible and so sloppy in this game. I literally could not believe my eyes. I said this to you during, you know, after the game and, you know, at the beginning of the week. I honestly think that at the end of the day, the, Pat, the Pats really beat themselves more than the Jets beat them per se. But like you said, a win is a win. The Jets got the job done. Sanchez made some sweet passes when he needed to. The running game, they held the ball down. They were able to, you know, pretty much keep Tom off balance. And that interception that he threw, which I was – Furious! I felt like I was watching my, you know, the Giants. I felt like I was watching my team. I was so upset the Jets could not convert that, you know, once in a lifetime interception that hadn't happened in how many games, and they couldn't get the ball down. Keith Folk, and by the way, didn't he used to pitch for the? Didn't he used to close for the Red Sox? I'm not really sure, but Keith Folk absolutely sucks. I couldn't believe that he missed that kick. The Jets pulled this game out. They did what they had to do. Really, you know, the 28-21 is definitely not an indicator of how the game went or what the score should have been. The Jets missed opportunity after opportunity. This game should have been a blowout. It should have been, you know, 35-14 Jets, uh, you know, maybe more 38-14. You know, it was that kind of a game. The Pats scored at the very end when the Jets pretty much let them go down the field score and then, you know, with their little uh, their little offside kicks back-to-back. But, JB got a hand to the Jets. They got the job done. Now they need to go and get the job done this weekend. They need to beat the Steelers. They need to stomp their guts out, stomp a mud hole in them, do whatever they have to do. Folks, we have a caller on the line. I believe I know exactly what he's going to talk about, but let me introduce our upcoming caller. You, sir, are live, and you're on the air with Pure Gold. This is the one true green blood. Hello, gentlemen. Sarah. How are you, sir? Are we basking? Are we basking in the green bow of victory right now? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that I certainly am. Oh, I was happy. happy? Know in my, you could probably tell in my voice I have not recovered my voice from screaming my fool head off and scaring my entire family. <laughs> I, I don't know what's wrong That's with awesome. me. Because, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me, Green Blood, because now that. You know, I, I was able to celebrate all Sunday night, and um, I celebrated a little bit Monday, but now that we've overcome the, probably the biggest hurdle in this playoffs, I think now the only way I'll truly be satisfied is if we now, you know, obviously beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and then go on to the Super Bowl and win Super Bowl 45. For me, from here on, it's all gravy. It's all gravy. I did what I wanted to do. I beat the Pats in their house in the playoffs, and knock them out for the third straight year. That's, this is what I want. They were talking today uh, on the radio. They were saying how is the mystique of the, the New England Patriots gone? Not only is it gone, it's dead and buried. There's nothing to fear of the New England Patriots anymore. The Jets did exactly what I said they needed to do, get Tom Brady off his spot, jam the receivers, and play good coverage, and it worked. It worked beautifully. The man was rattled. He was sacked. He fumbled. He was nervous. Green came for him, and <laughs> the man was scared. There's no other way to put it. <laughs> Green Bud, um, let me just say, i got to call you out on this. You cannot honestly tell me you're this huge Jets fan, you love this team, Green Blood, all this other crap that's really spewing on our airwaves, and you're telling me that you're going to be happy if the Jets don't win? Heck no. The Jets need to go all the way to the Super Bowl. They need to go. They need to win it all. They need to, you know, it's the first time in your lifetime, the first time in JB's lifetime, the Jets need to get the job done. There is no, oh, well, we did it, yay, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, we'll just lay it out. You got to get the job done, Green Blood. Get it done. I would have been more, I, 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 let me say this, I would have been more upset losing to the Pats than I would be losing to the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. I can honestly All right, that's legit. say that. That's legit. That's, I'll give you that, legit. but do not tell me that you're going to be happy, Green Blood. Don't tell me you're going to be happy if the Jets don't win at all, because I will hunt you down, I will find you, and you will pay for that <laughs> comment, sir. Happy is a strong word. <laughs> the, the, only way to, the, the only way to make the Patriots really pay for this now is to go all the way and win the Super Bowl because, you know, then they'll be, they'll be looking up at us. We'll be the world champions. They'll have none to say. 
Yeah, exactly. Take your, take your AFC East championship and shove it. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's what you got to do, gentlemen. You got to be happy. You got to be thrilled about what, about the fact that the Jets beat the Patriots. They really outplayed them. Um, Tom Brady looked like a, like scum. And uh, you know what? At the end of the day, if the Jets, uh, you know, do what I expect that they will do and win it all. If they do, Rex Ryan's going to be huge. Mark Sanchez is going to be. Oh, Rex already is huge, but in terms of his personality. Mark Sanchez is going to be huge, and Tom Brady is going to be combing his long hair, thinking about, man, that could have been me, should have been me, but it's not. Go take care of your kids, Tom. Next. (laughs) I'll talk to you guys another night. Thanks, Greenblood. Greenblood. You got to call on Thursday. I want to hear your prediction, sir. Don't tell me that, you know, you're you're tired or anything. You need to call in. Give us your prediction on the Pure Gold Airwaves so we can hold you to it. I got plenty to talk about the NFC. <laughs> good night, guys. <laughs> All right, Green Blood, have a good night. Thanks for calling in, as always, folks. That was the one true Green Blood. He is uh, rapidly becoming our best caller. Hopefully, when the NFL season is over, he won't disappear. But we thank him for that call. JB, any thoughts on uh, on Green Blood and his uh, Jets comments? I'm I'm just hoping he's in the minority because, like, I was trying to convince. Greenblatt earlier this week, uh, yesterday. Basically, you know, we beat the Patriots. We we set out what we want to do, but now I'm going to be a greedy Jet fan. I mean, when have the Jets been in the Super Bowl in my lifetime? Never. I mean, I'm 33 years That's old, right. and this, this team has never gotten to the Super Bowl. I mean, the Giants have gotten to the Super Bowl three times and won, you know, yep. basically three times. Well, gone four, um, won three times, yeah, in your lifetime. Yeah, I don't really call the Giants that good. Yeah. Uh, shut anyway. up. You know, you know what's going on with the Giants. But the yeah. fact is that I couldn't agree with you more. That's why I called Greenblatt out. I can't. I can't. Don't tell me that you're going to be happy if the Jets. All right, they beat the Patriots. Yeah, that's all fine and dandy. But that wasn't that. A, first of all, it wasn't even for the AFC title. It was, it was the second game in the, their playoff run. They need to get the job done. They need to beat the Steelers. They need to go on. They need to beat the Packers, who are going to go to the Super Bowl. By the way, folks, lock it up. Pure gold. Jets. Packers. Super Bowl. Had to say it. The fact is that it's in this league, it's all about winning everything. JB, tell me, look at the Bills. Four years in a row, back when we were just kids, basically, you're going to tell me that Marv Levy and, and Jim Kelly and all those guys are happy they went to the Super Bowl four years in a row and they lost? No. Win a title. Get the job done, JB. And I know that's what you're rooting for. And, uh, you know, Greenblood better call us on Thursday and tell us if the Jets, he thinks the Jets are going to win. Because if not, you better give me his address because I'm coming for him. You know, from the get-go, uh, Rex Ryan has always said our goal as a team is to win the Super Bowl. It's not to beat the New England yeah. Patriots in the, in the playoffs. So I'm with Rex yep. Ryan on this one. I'm sorry, Green Blood, but I want to win the Super Bowl this year. I want to win it now. I want to be called the world champions. I want to stick it down the Giants' throat, the Patriots' throat, and every <laughs> NFL and every other NFL team's down throat. I want to be known as the world champions. I'm sick of the lovable loser tag. I'm sick of same old Jets. The new same old Jets now just wins championships, baby. We win championships, and we take it home. You are absolutely right, JB. The fact is that how often are you going to get to the spot? You just don't know. In sports, folks, you do not know. How many teams are dynasties in the NFL, really? What, the Steelers, you know, now, uh, the Patriots for the past however many years, the, the Colts, I guess. Not that many teams. You have good teams. You know, there's always different teams in the league. But look at the Giants. I mean, my team. They won us to rule in 07. They got bounced in the playoffs two years in a row, first round, and then they, they've done nothing for the past couple of years. You know what? Get the job done. Win it all. You're in the playoffs. You are in it to win it, and that is what matters. And the Jets need to get the job done, JB. I definitely could not, you know, I cannot agree with you any more than that. They need to get the job done. Um, any more thoughts on that, JB, before we get into our, our nuggets? Because I have a, a football comment that concerns the Jets that I'd like to start out with, but is there anything else? No, I just think that the Jets really need to, uh, you know, stop celebrating, which I hope they have done by as of this morning. They really need to stop celebrating and think that they won the whole thing by being the Patriots. Now they need to refocus. They need to play the Steelers again, a team that, that they've beaten in Week 15 in Pittsburgh, by the way. So they need to basically, even though they're going to be the underdog again by, I think, I think the spread is three points for the Sunday's game, I think the Jets need to refocus and they need to have a good, solid game plan. Obviously, they need to, and we'll go into that on Thursday. But the Jets, you know, they're, they're only halfway there, folks. They're only halfway there. They need to beat the Patriots. They, they need to beat the Steelers, and then they need to go to the Super Bowl and then win the Super Bowl. 
but we'll talk more about that on Thursday. Absolutely, sir. Today, I feel like today's just we're, we're previewing our Thursday show, and we keep making comments about it, but I'm excited for Thursday. Can't wait to get into it. I'd like to do our Nuggets, JB, but let me start off with one, and then you can rattle off yours. This concerns the Jets, which is why I want to say it now. Um, Aaron Rowe and Kenny Phillips of the Giants made some comments about their coach, Phil Coughlin, or Tom Coughlin, as we know him. Uh, they were on Sid Rosenberg's show down in Miami. Um, you know, to put it all in a nutshell, and I'd like your opinion on this, JB, uh, Rowe, who talks a lot of smack, talks a lot of junk with uh, Joe and Evan on the fan, he said that he feels that Coach Coughlin is a great guy on a personal level, but he needs to lighten up as a coach if he wants to get the best out of his players because, yeah, they're getting paid and, you know, whatever, that's all great, but it should be about fun. They should be having fun, and he feels, and this is the second or third time he's made these comments on the air, you know, in the papers, that, uh, you know, he feels like Coughlin is too serious. Coughlin is just, you know, a little bit too much of a hard butt, so to speak. And then Kenny Phillips said that he would love to play for a guy like Rex Ryan. He said that everyone would go to war for him. Uh, these guys are willing to die for him. JB, all right, you're a Jets fan. We all know that. But what do you think this says from, you know, two star players on the Giants? What do you think this says about Coughlin? What do you think this says about the Giants organization? You know, you know to be honest with you, I did hear about these comments today. And I, I think I could not. Um, I cannot disagree with you more uh, or uh, disagree with those comments made by Entre Roll. Um, I think there's, it's it's just totally false because the Jets, you know, if the Jets were actually losing and Lex Ryan was doing all these shenanigans, then they'd be called a three-ring circus. The fact that they're winning it says a lot, and I think that winning solves a lot of things. If the Giants were winning and Tom Coughlin or Phil Coughlin, as I refer to him as, if Phil Kaufman is in the playoffs and they have a shot to go to the Super Bowl, then you know what? The Giant fans are going. The Giants and the Giant fans are going to love Tom Coughlin because you know what? It's all about winning. It's not about having fun because it's not. It, it really isn't. It's about winning, and winning solves a lot of problems. It solves a lot of problems within the the, the bench, the you know within the uh, locker room, and it solves a lot of uh, problems with the media. So I, I totally disagree with those comments made by Antro Roll. I think that winning. More than anything is the key, obviously in sports. You're absolutely right, sir. Um, I think that Roll needs to shut up. Phillips needs to shut up. He also said, "Let me get your take on this." He said that the Giants are better than all four teams in the playoffs currently, and um, you know what? They're better than the Jets, but he hopes that they win. I think Roll is an absolute clown and a buffoon, and he needs to shut his face. He needs to go and play. Forget about fun and all that stuff. Get the job done. Win. How about you help your team win a couple games, intro? How about you help your team get into the playoffs instead of sitting on your duffs calling uh, Miami Sports Talk Radio, talking to Phil Rosenberg, Phil Rosenberg, Sid Rosenberg about your coach? How about instead of, you know, riding your coach, how about you help him? How about you do what you need to do, what you're getting paid to do, help the Giants win games, help them get into the playoffs, help them be the best team as you said that they are? You know what? Shut your hole, intro. Shut your hole and know your role, JB. Well, the fact that you know the Giants are not in the playoffs just tells you right then and there. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm not going to get too animated about this. The Giants are not the best team in the, uh, out of the four teams left. The, the four best teams are still playing. Obviously, they keep winning, so they're still obviously. in it. So I, I think Andre Rome must have smoked the wrong kind of weed when he was on the Sid Rosenberg show because, I mean, I don't know where he's getting these comments and where, where he gets his opinions, but. I mean, I wouldn't ever listen to him ever again. To, to first say that Tom Coughlin is not a good coach is absurd because he just won a Super Bowl three years ago. And to say that they're the best team, how are they the best team when they didn't even make the, I mean, they didn't make the playoffs? So, you know, flush down the toilet, all those comments, and let's just move on. Well, it definitely, uh, you know, it definitely needs to at least get said, at least get mentioned. JB, hit us with your nuggets there. Well, last night, folks, Monday night, Martin Luther King, the return of my main man, Kevin Garnett, came back to the Celtics, folks. That's right. Kevin Garnett um, basically was injured for the last couple weeks with his calf injury. Thank God it wasn't the knee. But uh, they were able to beat the Orlando Magic at home, 109-106. Tomorrow night is the Pistons. Hopefully they'll avenge that loss, too, because that's, that's the game that KG got hurt. But, DG, the Celtics are slowly getting healthier and I think that they're they're on another rampage, just like they were in 08. I think they're making the slow progression. I think they're headed for the finals. I think they're going to win the championship again. My nugget to you is 
with KG back and this team, do you see anybody stopping them at the current time? Um, at the current time, I don't know, JB, because the fact is that you still have the big three in Miami. You have the, the Trinity down there. Uh, you still have the Spurs, who, you know, obviously have won a couple of titles, you know, have an excellent team. And you still have the Lakers. Um, I wouldn't bet against the Celtics, especially not with Kevin Garnett back and healthy. You know, I always have much respect for, for Boston and, you know, Garnett and his boys, you know, Rondo and uh, Paul Pierce and your boy Ray Allen. They have a they have a good squad. They have the the talent that needs to get the you know that they need to get the job done. And I believe that come the end of the day they will. But then again, I had a good feeling last year and they lost to the you know the finals. So we'll see what happens, JB. Any other nuggets for us? Um, well, I I, I heard uh, earlier today that Chad Pennington, who I I really like Chad Pennington. He's a he's a great person. I think on and off the field, is planning a fourth return to the NFL. Believe it or not, this would be his fourth attempt at a comeback. Um, I think it's time to shut it down, Chad. I mean, you're, you were a great quarterback. At, I mean, not great quarterback. You were a good quarterback yeah, at one time. Not. You were a good quarterback. You were serviceable at one time, but I think it's time to hang him up. What do you think, DJ? Uh, I think Chad Pennington should come back and be the quarterback for the Jets right now in the middle of the playoff run, JB. Uh, I always felt bad for Chad, to be quite honest with you, because, you know, he always got saddled with either a bad team or he was injured or, you know, Jets couldn't get the job done, whatever. Same old Jets, as you said before. But uh, Chad definitely needs to let it go. I heard Vinny Testaverde's coming back. Is there any truth to those rumors? <laughs> yeah, Woo! I think he is. I think he's going to be the kicker for the Jets when they get rid of uh, Keith Folk. Oh, please, Keith Folke. I'm telling you, he needs to go back, and he needs to do his little thing with the with the Red Sox or close or do whatever, because he sucks. Folks, I'm going to hit you with a couple of nuggets. Well, actually, quite a few nuggets. Uh, first of all, JB, I'm sure you heard about this. This is old news, but since we're only on two days a week, I have to mention it. The Yankees, the New York Yankees, signed Rafael Soriano, no relation to Alfonso, three years, $35 million deal to set up Mariano. I obviously understand the Yankees want to improve their bullpen, especially considering that they haven't done any made any improvements to their starting rotation. But, J.B., why would you pay somebody that much money? That's closer money. Why would you pay him to, three years to set up Mariano when I think Mariano will find a two-year deal, so he's going to be there basically the length of this deal. Why in the world would you pay this guy that much money to, you know, essentially be the setup guy? I, I think it's overboard, J.B. What do you think? Well, I think you hit on two things, but um, I also want um I'm just going to think like the Yankees, and I, you know, I, I, it's hard to think like the Yankees because I can't stand the team, but like you said, they made no uh, improvements, you know, from the free agent market to get starting pitchers, so they want to obviously bol- bolster up their bullpen. That's number one, and I think that their their goal is to obviously make Soriano the closer after Mar- Mariano retires. That's two things, and I know you say he's going to be there for the life of the contract, but once they get used to him, and if he likes New York and he gets to feel the pressure of New York, I think that, and he does well, I think he will be your next closer after Mario retires. And then three, I think it's just to take away, you know, another piece from the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, when you start invading your own division and start taking away their good players, I think that you become a better team just because of that. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. I just think it's. I just think it's a bit much, but, folks, we'll see what happens. We'll see what the Yankees do. You know, they signed Pedro Feliciano earlier in this offseason, which is a good move. Don't know why the Mets let him go. But that's a side note. Um, also, JB, what does it say about their former top-shelf uh, prospect, Jabba Chamberlain? <laughs> it says that Jabba will probably be attacked by some kind of flies this year in the right before the playoffs. He will then decide that baseball is not for him. He will become an actor. He'll become an actor, and eventually that will tank. And then you'll see him sometime at WrestleMania 34, main eventing against Triple H. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, you went all the way there. Um, I think, I think I, I feel bad for Jabba. You know, he had a lot of potential. Definitely, the Yankees have really screwed him up by making him a, you know, closer and waiting, and then you know, moving to the rotation and back into the bullpen. And he's obviously lost his luster, as it were. Um, but you know what? Folks, Jabba, whatever his name is, you know, Jabba the Hutt, I honestly don't think he's going to have a very good year. I think the Yankees are going to end up cutting ties with him, and I think he's going to be just a lost cause in the Yankee big machine. Moving on from the Yankees to the cross town, well, this is really a Met side note, but 
I don't know if you saw this in the news, JB, but former Mets manager Roberto Valentine, or Bobby, as people like to say, he was named Stanford, Connecticut's new director of public health and safety. I saw this, and I was just like, what? JB, can you tell me what in the world qualifies Bobby Valentine to be a director of public health and safety? It just seems so strange to me. I did not hear this nugget, and, um, yeah, that, that one's pretty out there, huh, DG? I mean, I actually wanted him to come back for a second run as a, as a Mets manager, and now he's doing this. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, he must be getting good. He must be getting good money for this. Yeah, I, I, I get. I, no, I see. I, I think he doesn't get paid much, and whatever he does get paid, he donates it to a local charity in Stanford. I just think it's odd. I mean, it's not a big deal per se, but you know, it's talk radio, so we got to talk about something. Otherwise, you know, you'd be listening to the sound of me and JB just bicker back and forth. Um, he was also recently named to the new ESPN Sunday Night Baseball broadcast team, which will replace John Miller and Joe Morgan after about 150 years announcing games together. Um, you know, congrats to <laughs> Director of Public Health and Safety is on, but what can I say? Uh, folks, we're going to move on now to a little television. JB, talked about this last week. I don't understand this. I need to. I need to vent, JB. I need to vent. We were talking about Smallville, The Office, and all these other shows. I'm going to talk about The Office, sir. I read, and I know you haven't been following it lately, but I read that Steve Carell, the man, the myth, the legend, basically the guy who makes The Office engine run, he's going to be leaving the show after this year. Everybody knew that. But he's going to leave four episodes before the season finale. JB, can you tell me what in the hell are the producers of this show thinking? First of all, the show's going to be terrible without him because it, 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 all seven years, it's always revolved around Michael Scott and all of his issues. Second of all, nobody can replace him effectively, you know, in terms of being a leader but and the head of the show. But to leave like this before the actual season finale, to me as a fan, and you're probably going to say, well, you know, whatever, it's just beyond bad, and it officially marks the death knell of this series. The ratings will tank after people check out an episode or two, and the office light is going to go down the toilet. It'll probably be canned mid-season next year. JB, explain to me how you do this to your fans. I need to know. TG, I am not surprised, but you know what? It's typical NBC because, as you recall, two years ago, they brought back an icon. They brought back the Black Pontiac. (laughs) (laughs) They brought back Knight Rider, my favorite show of all time. And guess what they did? They canceled the show mid-series of the first season. (laughs) How do you cancel a show? You know, you know how do you cancel a series midway? You gotta finish out the series. You gotta finish out the season at least. And for the Steve Carell not to finish out the season of The Office is just typical NBC. They are nothing but crap. That's what NBC stands for. Nothing but crap. <laughs> and they did the same Never thing to Night Rider. Yep, they did the same thing to Night Rider. Oh man, how many times have we talked at length about your obsession with Night Rider? The show was terrible, and but you're absolutely right. If you're gonna Bring a show back, especially an icon like that. At least finish the the, the season out. Um, I don't get it, JB. You know, you have TV shows and actors who just all they do is a disservice to their fans that put them on the map. We all talk about this whole Michael Rosenbaum fiasco on Smallville, and now with this situation, I don't understand what Hollywood is thinking. JB, we make these people, we make them money. You know, we watch. They get paid. Advertisers go on. If it wasn't for us, you know, with our eyeballs and DVR and everything tuning in, these these guys would be, you know, homeless or they'd be on this. They'd be doing, you know, blogging or whatever, you know, on on Yahoo. They wouldn't have these these high paying jobs. And the fact is that they never give us what we want. We always get screwed. It's just total garbage, and I hate it. It just makes me, as a fan of television, like I am, it makes me mad when they go and say, you know what, yeah, stick it. Steve Carell's been on this show all these years. Stay the last four episodes at least. The show's going to suck without you. Like you said, nothing but crap. The Office needs to get canceled tomorrow, which is actually going to be on Thursday, but it just makes me mad, JB. (sighs) Moving on from that, let's get into a little... WWE Monday Night JB Oh I see You know wait a minute folks Um, I'm looking here It looks like we get an email Before we get into Raw JB we got a pure gold email That we're going to read to you This comes from uh, Jonelle Perez 07 At AOL Jonelle writes Hey GG what's up I just want to let you guys know That I love your rants And the fact that you're not afraid To share your honest opinions Well you know what Jonelle 
<laughs> That's what we are. We're all about opinions, and our opinions are truth. Moving on, I'm a huge fan of The Office and Smallville, and he also put Burn Notice in quotations, another great show. And I have to say, the way that the producers are taking Steve Carell off the show sucks. They could have at least given him the season finale, considering this is basically word for word what I just said, considering the fact that he is the show. He also mentioned about Smallville. He's glad to see that Lois and Clark are finally together. They dragged out this thing for so long, like everything else on the show. JB and I would agree. But it was worth the wait. This is my favorite line of the email, JB. Suck it, kryptonite suit-wearing Lana. I think that's enough. Thanks a lot, guys. Hope to hear what you have to say about Burn Notice soon. <laughs> JB, any comments on suck it, kryptonite suit-wearing Lana? That's a little harsh there. I mean, I thought nothing but crap was good. <laughs> but, uh... I, I mean, I would hope that Steve Carell has some input on his own show, and, you know, I, I thought he was actually one of the producers of the show himself. For him not to finish out the show is just a travesty. But that's, again, typical NBC. Thank you for that email. Who was that from again? That was from Jonelle Perez 7 at AOL.com. Jonelle, I'd like you to call, and uh, maybe you can share some of your thoughts, and we can rant on together. Call 714 364 Four seven two one anytime, and we could rant about anything as me and DG are doing tonight. <laughs> yeah, definitely, Janelle. Thanks. I look forward to you calling in one day. Um, I had to read that email, folks, before we move on to uh, our, our raw recap. JB, I thought what I thought was interesting. I mean, I have quite a few notes on last night's raw, but I thought it was interesting listening to Miz at the beginning of the show calling John Cena boring, lame corny. It looks like the WWE knows the truth, and they're finally at least willing to acknowledge the fact that to the general fan, not the little kid or the you know 15-year-old girl, or you know most of the female audience for that matter, that Cena is boring and he needs to change, at least they're willing to mention it, even if we're probably never going to get that change. Yeah, I mean, it's a good mention, and I think that, you know, I'm glad that the WWE thinks that, you know, we're not dumb fans. We are actually smart fans, and they're actually now you know, trying to make this a little bit more realistic. I mean, yeah, John Cena is boring. I mean, his current role, we've we've discussed this at length off of this show, that John Cena's character needs to be refreshed and needs to, he needs to go heal. We could talk about that at length some other time. But um, I, like the, I like the idea of them now addressing it on TV. Yeah, definitely. That, that's good. Good move by the WWE. You gotta love it. JB, another monster note from last night's Raw. I know we spoke about this earlier today, but the Royal Rumble, for the first time in history, has now been expanded to 40 guys. This, to me, is a huge change for the WWE because it's basically it's basically them messing around with what already works. JB, do you think that this is a good or bad move by the by World Wrestling Entertainment? I think they should have went to 80 guys. I mean, why stop at 40 at this point? I mean, let's get 80 guys. We'll do a Royal Rumble for about four and a half hours. And we'll see who wins. I mean, think about the bragging rights. I beat eighty. I beat seventy-nine other guys, and now I am the number one contender. Definitely, JB. You know what? Before we move on with the WWE, we, it turns out that we actually have another caller on the line. Sir, you are live and on the air. Pure gold. Who is this? This is uh, Kenny from Florida, the biggest Jeff fan in the world. Uh, <laughs> Kenny, how you doing, Kenny? Hey, Kenny, calm down. Hey, Kenny, calm down. What's going on, buddy? You're not the biggest Jeff fan. In, in, in the words of, of the great Joe Beningo, stellar. What a stellar <laughs> performance by the bro. Oh, God. So, Kenny, you watch the game, Kenny? Uh, uh, yeah, I watched the game with my two, with my two uh, lovely children. Uh, uh, we 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 were we were here celebrating the the the, the person who made it twenty eight fourteen. We joined it on the celebration. Yeah, yeah. That's how bad that's how bad it was. It it was it was oh lord, it was amazing. Oh, hey Kenny. Well, I wanna, yes. Are you still celebrating? I'm still celebrating. Oh boy. I I'm still I'm still walking walking around. Well, I'm a salesman for Goya. So I'm walking around through my stores. I'm doing the jet plane. I'm flying around. I'm like, yeah, I'm a grown man flying around. Yeah. Kenny, come off the bandwagon for a second. Let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah. We had a caller before talking about the Jets saying that he was happy with them. You know, this whack job telling us that he was happy with the Jets beating the Patriots. 
How do you feel? Do you think the Jets need to go all the way? Or are you going to be content if they lose on uh, on Sunday? Give us your thoughts on that. 43 years is all I'm saying. That's all we need to know. It's been 1969. How how long? 42 years? 43, 42 years. Yeah, years. I've, I've never seen the Jets win the AFC Championship. I've never seen them in the Super Bowl. I've barely seen footage of Super Bowl III. I, no, no, it has to be. They have to win it all. They have to win this game on Sunday, and they have to win the Super Bowl, or else it's it's for nothing. I, we can't we can't say that we're happy with just that. Oh, we beat the Patriots. So what? So what? If Definitely, we beat the Kenny. Do you think? Do you think that they're going to win? Honestly, in your heart of hearts. Um, do you think the Jets are gonna are gonna win this Sunday against the Steelers and then move on to win the Super Bowl? How can you ask a Jets fan if you think they're gonna win? I think the Jets are going nineteen and zero every year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the opposite because most Jets fans think they're never gonna win, right, JB? Most of them think oh, yeah. that they won't Jets. Oh, we're gonna lose. Of course, no, they'll find a way to lose. They'll find a way to lose. They'll find a way to blow this. No, but we'll also think they'll win every game and lose every game. So we'll probably go eight and eight, and I don't know. But no, I think. <laughs> It'll be, um, hmm, if I can make a prediction here. I'd rather say no and wait till Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till Thursday. I might be sleeping. I might be sleeping on Thursday at this time. Oh, man. Uh, well, what is it, Kenny? Well, I will say New York 24, Pittsburgh 17. I like that prediction, JB. Uh, we're gonna get and into write, that. And write it down. Oh, I wrote it down, Kenny. I wrote it down. All right, remind me when the Jets win by, you know, the Jets score seven points or forty points. Remind me if I was wrong. Don't no, even say win. <laughs> All right, Kenny. We'd like to. Uh, All right, guys. We'd like to thank you for calling in. Uh, much appreciated as always. Call us again anytime. Hopefully, you won't be sleeping on Thursday. You can call in and give us a, a different prediction because you'll. Change your mind between now and then, but we appreciate the call. Getting back to getting back to Monday Night Raw, folks. Um, you know that was a little Jets uh, interlude because you know we got to talk Jets, Gang Green all the way. Um, we were talking about the Forty Man Royal Rumble. Uh, you mentioned JB. You were going on this rant about eighty guys, a hundred guys, whatever. But um, I mean, is that how you honestly feel? I know we're not going to get into war games like the WCW used to do, three rings, 20 guys in each ring, and then eventually everybody fights to see who you know becomes president of the company or whatever the heck they used to do. But do you like the 40-man expansion, JB? Um, I'll be honest with you. There's not enough legit guys that could go into a Royal Rumble with 30 guys nowadays. So I, I honestly don't like the 40-man, you know, adding 10 more guys onto it. I think you're getting a lot of jobbers into this Royal Rumble now. It's going to water it down big time. Um, it could actually turn into a snooze fest. And I think I'm going to plug this, but I think we're going to talk to Pyro about this. But um, online onslaught has this, online onslaught of the website that we're going to uh, plug. We're going to have Pyro on uh, next Thursday. But they actually have a pretty cool game, and hopefully we can get into that about the Royal Rumble that makes the Royal Rumble actually watchable nowadays. So. Maybe he could go over some of those rules and how you could win points and all that. They have a great time with that, um, and I'd like to hear his take on it. But DJ, I think you know going to forty man, a uh, forty man rumble is just not the right move. Wait, did you just say forty mans? Why? There's women in it. <laughs> no, I just want to say we're talking about man or mans. I'm, I'm just curious. Um, oh man, I like it, JB, because it's different. It's not the usual. It's not the same thirty guys. And what I like, at least for this year, my understanding was that they made the, you know, my sources inside the WWE, my my understanding is that the last minute they decided to make it 40, which is why it wasn't pumped or announced more. But at least for whoever wins it, which will probably be, you know, one of the main guys, them winning it can say, you know what, now I defeated 40 other, 39 other guys, and they can say they beat more guys than anybody in the history of, you know, Royal Rumble, and they can really use that. I honestly think, even though there's no there's no way this is going to happen, I would love to see somebody like John Morrison win, JB, simply for the fact that he can use this as a real uh, jumping-off point to say, obviously he's going to WrestleMania, but he beat 39 other guys. He did what nobody else has ever done. He, you know, he set a record, first time in history, all this other stuff. I think that would be great, a great way to push a, a newer talent like a Kofi Kingston or a John Morrison, as opposed to, you know, 
John Cena winning again and saying, yeah, be who cares? You know, he's already won it. He's a main eventer. He can you know get a title shot tomorrow if he wanted to just by showing up in, in the ring and say, hey, I want a title shot and sitting down and he'll get it. Um, but I, you know, I thought that was interesting. So we'll see what happens. We'll get into the whole pyro and online onslaught thing at the end of the show. But moving on to the next note here, Mason Ryan, interesting name, joined the new Nexus. He looks a lot like Batista JB. Not sure if you caught that. Uh, Chris Jericho actually tweeted he called him Batista too. You know, a nice little uh, classic Jericho right there. Um, it just amazes me. He looks so much like Jericho. Somebody said he looks like Steve Blackman. That was another good one. I think it was Zack Ryder. When he finished off uh, your boy John Cena, he did like a little rock bottom bookend type of finisher. I was expecting a powerbomb because that's all the big guys do. But uh, did you check that out, JB? Did you see the new monster who joined the new Nexus? Is, is that what they're calling themselves, the new Nexus? Yes, that, unfortunately, but, that, see, that's the next point. Unfortunately, that is what they're calling themselves, but we'll get into that in a second. Did you uh, Did you get a chance to see this, sir? No, I didn't watch it. I'm, I unfortunately did not watch it. I have been a little bit under the weather, and uh, if you're telling me he joined the new Nexus, then I'm going to have to believe you, DG. <laughs> Woo, folks, as always, nobody brings it to you like JB. Um Moving right along, the new Nexus, stupid name. Um, I was thinking about this today, JB, and they're actually, in my opinion, about ten times better than the old Nexus in terms of actual in-ring talent, minus David Otunga. Um, You know, they have CM Punk, they have Mike McGillicuddy, Joe Hennig, whatever you want to call him. Husky Harris is also pretty good in the ring. They're much better than the other group. I'm not sure about Mason Ryan or how good he is or anything. Haven't had a chance to YouTube his matches down in FCW. He was the reigning uh, FCW World Heavyweight Champion. But if anything, they should have moved David Otunga along with those other two goofs, uh, Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater, to the other Nexus, the old Nexus, I guess is what we're calling it, um, because that way they could be comprised of all the original members, and the new Nexus can actually have new members. Uh, any thoughts on that, JB? Not really, other than the fact that, unfortunately, this is uh, this is very bad. I think this is bad TV to have two different Nexuses on. You know, you have a new Nexus and a regular Nexus. You know what's going to end up happening, right, DJ? Somehow these two Nexuses are going to collide, and they're going to play at the Survivor Series in November to sell the score. Because, obviously, you can't have two Nexuses in one company, because two Nexuses is equals a negative. <laughs> two Nexuses, you're either Nexus or you're against us, and then eventually... It's going to be, you know, you're either new Nexus or you're against us, and then it's going to become the Straight Aid Society, and then it's going to be called the Pure Gold Scum Turds. Um, terrible name. Hate it. I think it sucks, but uh, we'll get into that um, next week as well with Pyro. Also, JB, we had CM Punk versus John Cena in an excellent main event. I would love to see that as a main event for WrestleMania, of course, you know, with the title being the focal point, not just this feud with Nexus and John Cena or the new Nexus and John Cena, which never seems to go away. But uh, imagine how much better it would be if it was for the title at WrestleMania with, of course, CM Punk coming out on top. JB, any thoughts? Can you tell me why they're having these great matches on Raw? I mean, I think that some these matches are, like you said, WrestleMania-type matches. And to put them on on regular TV, I think, is just a travesty. I mean, um, I can't believe that this match actually happened last night, to be honest with you. Why can't they just save it for WrestleMania? Um, I, I honestly hope that that's where they're going with this. I hope that this is going to be a WrestleMania match. Because you can't blow it off at, at the Rumble. Now with 85 guys in the Rumble, you know, you've got to have them in it in the actual match. But... Um, the truth of the matter is that this has to be, you know, main event feud. It's great. It's taking up a lot of time on Raw. Um, my only dislike of it is the fact that we're dealing with the other Nexus, again, Nexus and John Cena. Um, you, you know, you got two leaders, a bunch of different guys. These are all totally new guys now, basically, and they're, they're also going after John Cena. So I'd like to see Nexus do something else other than go after John Cena. I guess we get that on SmackDown with Wade Barrett and his cronies. But, you know, moving right along, um, another note on that. Now that Punk and all the new members of Nexus and the new Nexus are in the ring, you know, in the actual Rumble, to me, JB, this would have to mean that there's absolutely no way that John Cena can win the Royal Rumble. He literally cannot win the Royal Rumble because you have Punk and now four other guys who are going to be after him. That's five guys. If Cena somehow eliminates them, eliminates Punk, wins the Rumble, they need to disband Nexus the night after the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, JB. You know what I was thinking there, uh, DG? I was thinking this. 
How about, I know this is going to sound far-fetched, but how about the match between The Miz and Randy Orton end in a no contest or somewhere in the lines of where somehow Miz gets stripped of the title that night and they decide to put the winner of the Royal Rumble, the 40-man Royal Rumble, as the new WWE champion? That would be actually um, that would be interesting. I think that it would suck in terms of you know what it would do to Miz and his credibility and all that stuff. But just as a pure concept in and of itself, I actually think that it would be a good thing because doing that, and I know WWE's not going to do this. I mean, just the concept of having the you know the Royal Rumble winner beating forty guys, thirty nine guys to win the the title that would be awesome. They did it once with Ric Flair back in 1992, so I like that aspect of it, but. Realistically speaking, it's not going to happen, and I wouldn't want it to happen, at least not this year. But um, you know, I think it's some good stuff. We'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see where they go with that. JB. Um, another note on Raw. Actually, I actually have quite a couple other notes, but I wanted to start with the main event and then move our way down before we close out the show. Um, and this is just something I want to say real quick. Michael Cole is an absolute buffoon. I was watching the Cena Punk match. He called some variation of a triangle choke where Punk had his head wrapped around Cena. His legs wrapped around Cena's head, and he was on, like, an angle. And somehow, Cole calls it the Anaconda Vice. Now, I've seen enough wrestling to know and seen Punk wrestle enough times to know the Anaconda Vice is a completely different move. I don't know what the hell Cole was looking at, but it wasn't even close. I've never even seen Punk use this move before. No clue what Cole was talking about. He's a goof. Had to say that. Had to get that off my chest. Moving on, JB. We had Dolph Ziggler versus Randy Orton in a match last night. The number one contender for each show, getting a shot, uh, you know, to to face each other, or in one, of course. But it seems like Dolph Ziggler's getting a real push. You know, he's fighting the top guys in the company on a regular basis. He had that week a couple weeks ago where he fought Cena twice, Monday and, and a Friday, fighting Orton. JB, any thoughts on Dolph Ziggler's current push? I, I think that it, it, it reminds me of the, um, the Shelton Benjamin push and also the Kofi Kingston push. If Dolph Ziggler gets pushed all the way to the main event and then eventually gets a title shot and doesn't win the title, I think he goes back to mid-card for life. I think that that's, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen with this guy, Dolph. I hope they do give him a title reign. It could be a brief one, but they need to give him some kind of title reign, world title reign, because if they don't, I think, like I said, like I told you just before, I think it will be, be pretty much in the mid-card for life, and he'll never make it back to the main event again after that. You know, I agree with that. I think the problem, though, JB, with what you're saying is the fact that look at look at uh, Jack Swagger. He won the world title, and now what? He may as well have never won it. They've done nothing with Swagger. He's, you know, mid-carding with the IC title, doing nothing. Kofi should have got a title shot, didn't. Um, Ziggler, if he loses this match, which I'm, you know, suspected he will, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think for a second that he would actually win the Royal Rumble, not against Edge. But um, the fact is that even if he won the title, he'd most likely end up mid-carding because the WWE is obsessed with the same old crap at the top of the card. But, uh, you know, we'll get into a little bit more of that. Also, I noticed that John Morrison seems to be continuing his recent recent push. They had a video package of what he's doing right before his match with uh, Daniel Bryan. He beat him last night, and what was a, what was a good match? I love Daniel Bryan, great technical wrestler. I hate to see him lose, especially considering he's the U.S. champ. But what I thought was funny, JB, um, after the match... Sheamus, King Sheamus, comes out. He, he calls him. He called him out, right, about not being in his league. Can you explain to me how Sheamus goes off about how Morrison isn't in his league? And even though John Morrison beat him about twelve times in a row, Sheamus still says he's better and that he has made Morrison the superstar that he is. JB. That sounds like a joke. Explain that to me. How did you say a guy beat you twelve times, but yet somehow you're still better than him? It sounds like uh, Andrew Roll talking about how the Giants are the best team and they're not even in the playoffs, only ten times worse. Actually, you're right. I mean, that, that's pretty bad. I mean, but that's again, that's par for the course for WWE. I mean, they have a guy that's the king of the ring that gets you know basically loses like three or four times in the last couple months to John Morrison, and now. They have Sheamus basically go out on a rant and saying how he's better than John Morrison. That's just typical WWE logic these days. It makes no sense. And, it, you know, if it, if you close your eyes, you could almost picture John Cena and Randy Orton a couple months ago to a couple years ago having the same kind of conversations. You know, John Cena basically owned Randy Orton, and then, you know, somehow Randy Orton was able to convince John Cena to give me a rematch because, you know, you may beat me, but I'm the better man. 
and John Cena would say, you know what, let's rematch. <laughs> That's actually true, JB. Um, <laughs> definitely true. You know, we have another email, folks, that I'd like to read because it touches on some of our topics. Kenny, who just called in, uh, wanted to share some more thoughts. Let's say Kenny loves pure gold. He mentions here, uh, 40 people in the Rumble. Hulk Hogan will still get tossed through the second rope. <laughs> And the top rope and be eliminated from the match. Uh, classic Kenny right there. He also mentions how Rafael Soriano is the Yankees setup man is soon to be the Yankees closer. Dominican relief pitcher in New York. I've got two words for you. Armando Benitez. Gotta love that as a Mets fan. Um, he says that down here in Miami they hired the Cleveland offensive coordinator to be their offensive coordinator. Safe to say that New York and New England will win the division for another five years. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love that. Uh, he mentions how Bobby Valentine took the public safety job, and the Wolpons didn't want to give him full, the full autonomy that they gave Omar Manaya, but yet he's having full autonomy with his public safety job in Connecticut. And the last note from Kenny, he thought that the <laughs> finally I thought that the New York Jets would have to hire J.J. Dillon, Arn, and Ole Anderson to break Brady's arm like they did to Dusty Rhodes. Um, Kenny, as always, thank you for your interesting and uh, slightly off-color remarks about the WWE and football and everything else. We appreciate that, and hopefully you get a chance to call on Thursday. As we wrap it up today, folks, we have a couple minutes left. Um, you know, to close off our little Raw talk, next week we'll have Miz versus Edge, that will main event Raw, champion versus champion. I like that. Uh, keeps Miz against excellent quality opponents. Edge is, is one of the best. Um, so that, that'll be good to see next week. Also, JB, this is huge news. The Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. He is going to be in the new WWE All-Stars video game. And as a Savage fan, this is huge news. Savage has not been in a WWE video game in so long. I mean, this this is enormous. I read this today on IGN, another website for which Pyro Falcon writes uh, you know, game guides. JB, does this pave the way for the Macho Man to be inducted into the Hall of Fame next year? Give us your thoughts on that. Well, we've always known that the Hall of Fame is just Vince's way of controlling people. And obviously, you know, I actually run a, a parallel with Vince McMahon. I feel like sometimes Vic, Vince McMahon is like George Steinbrenner when, he, you know, some of his old-time players basically were just, like, disrespecting George. Eventually, they had this one little powwow, and they were forgiven. You know, Yogi Berra went through this. So I think that, you know, Vince McMahon is slowly coming around, realizing that, you know, let bygones be bygones, let the dollars talk. It's all about the money, as Vince McMahon says. So let's get Macho Man in these games and eventually into the Hall of Fame because, you know, I have more power than Macho Man does. And the only way the Macho Man is going to be ever, you know, really noticed again and in, in nowadays is to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So I think that Vince is slowly coming around because, come on, DG, give it to me. It's all about the money. Say it. It's all about the money. It definitely is, JB. You're absolutely right about that. But it's nice to see Macho Man in a WWE production. They did his career retrospective DVD, which he wasn't in, so hopefully they can do another one where he can actually talk. Uh, it was good to see him in his persona again. It was good to see him in that video. And it's just nice to see that he's going to be back in, in a WWE platform of some sort over the top type of thing. It comes out in a couple of months right around WrestleMania the week before. So congrats to the Macho Man. JB, I'm going to close out the show. Uh, we have two final notes here before we end. Next week, folks, is a big week for us. We're going to have two, count them, two huge interviews. We are going to have Kevin Knight, creator, founder of the IWF. He'll be joining us Tuesday, January 25th. It's going to be a big one. We're going to talk to him about sports. We're going to talk to him mostly about the IWF and wrestling and what he does in his promotion and his thoughts on the WWE. And, folks... This is a big one for us. We're very excited to have with us next week on Thursday, our last show before the Royal Rumble. We will have Mr. Pyro Falcon. He is a writer for the very popular wrestling website, Island On Floor. It's one of my favorites, one of JB's favorites as well. Um, actually, JB told me about it a couple years ago. Um, you know, He's going to be joining us next week. He's going to give us his uh, predictions on the Royal Rumble. He's going to talk all things WWE. He's already told me through email that he doesn't even want to touch on TNA because it's awful and he hates it and he just spits on it like JB and I do. Um, so that's going to be exciting, folks. You know, check out his, his articles. He writes Raw recaps. He writes SmackDown recaps. And he actually plugged our show in the SmackDown recap for last week, and he was going to do the same for Raw. So please check that out, folks. Uh, it's a great website. And again, we have uh, you know the IWF, Kevin Knight. We have Pyro working on Keith Elias. Things are happening for Pure Gold. We're excited to have you along for the ride. 
It is that time once again. Remember to tune in, folks, next Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern for our next show. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. Good night, everybody. Thursday, 10 p.m. See ya.